Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to put a bow, an overview of the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves, as you know by now. Well, we figured we'd give you a couple days to kind of relax a little bit, you know what I mean? So we'll likely talk about the series and, you know, game five or whatever. We'll talk about the series overall talk about the season and then you know obviously what's next the off season a couple of big decisions that we have to make all of a sudden backup point guard is not uh you know hopefully it's there maybe j-mac can turn it around again um but that's a decision that needs to be made um kind of look at the development of ant and, and mcdaniels and where they can go because uh, both of those guys got high, high ceilings. We'll talk about, you know, the offense, right, or lack thereof sometimes. Uh, it was kind of kind of nice to hear Finch um, talk about a variety of things as far as leaning into a couple other items uh, and having a little bit more structure, a little bit more uh, spacing and, and play calling and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about it. Of course, you know, a lot of people want to trade Cat this offseason, so we'll – We'll discuss that matter. You know, Noel, Alexander Walker, and Nas are, are our free agents. Do we bring back Nas? Obviously, having three centers coming into this year, you're like, well, eh, he's probably trade bait. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, we needed him really bad. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of items. Obviously, Ant and uh, McDaniels are both due for extensions. Um, I assume that will happen quickly as quick as possible. So, yeah, we'll just kind of go over the gambit overall, um, the the good, the bad, the ugly type stuff. But if this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope and dope radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope and open. Download the show directly there. You can find this here. Timberwolves slash Gophers, not this season as much. <laughs> uh, hopefully that improves next year. Uh, under the Rope Dope Radio brand on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, Player FM, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. We also have a Spricker page, Living in Loserville. Aaron posts the show on Spotify as well. Check that out. One more thing. Um, if you're, well, actually, before that, uh, stop by the sportsnews24.com in the grueling truth. And then one more thing, get your TV together without the hassle of cable, direct TV stream, stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels. Save $120 over the first year when you get any package and you buy the direct TV streaming device. No annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premier channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today. Direct TV stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in the co-captain of the show, Aaron. What's going on, man? How the heck are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, you know, spring is sprung somewhat, I guess. It's a little overcast, but uh, it's just nice to not have to worry about, you know, shoveling eight inches of snow and whatnot. So that brings the thing. Now, Wolves, you know, interesting series, Chris, I thought. Um, obviously we're a little shorthanded without, uh, McDaniels and, uh, which would have been, I think a really big piece. And then Nas as well. And 
stupid things happened and, and, and now we ended up in that situation, but I'm glad we didn't get swept. Um, Ant made sure of that, but, uh, yeah, I thought it could have gone another way if we would have been, if we would have had all our pieces there. And I'm not sure, uh, you know, I didn't get to check out Finch's, uh, end of year presser. So you'll have to fill us in on that, but I just thought overall, uh, it was a tough draw with Denver and, I won't say they did as well as they could have in that series because I thought they could have won a couple of those games. But I thought, you know, from what they – for who they had missing and so on, I mean, it wasn't terrible showing. And like we always said earlier in earlier podcasts, a playoff series is at the end of the season is – now, of course, I think, you know, overall we expected more this year than another first round out, especially the style that we went out. But, you know, collecting playoff series for Ant, I guess, right now is not a terrible thing. I think overall the season, though, a little disappointing, but I don't think it's to the level that a lot of these, you know, Twitter Wolves fans are, you know, ready to knee-jerk themselves out of, uh, you know, I don't know, selling the team or whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, right. Let's sell just, it again. You can move it. Take it to Seattle. We don't want it. Yeah, it's just a, you know, it's disappointing with the trade of Rudy, Chris, and with, you know, Ant's improvement and a few tweaks in the roster. And, you know, you win a couple games that you should have won in the regular season. There's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, I guess, is what I'm getting at in this season. And it wasn't a disappointing season, but I i don't want to take any moral victories either. It could have gone a lot better. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, you can make the argument that, if Cat did miss all those games, we probably wouldn't have lost to all those bad teams, maybe half the amount, and that would have put us in, like, the fifth seed or fourth seed, uh, maybe higher. Um, but, yeah, that's a good way, the moral victory thing, and I agree. Um, overall, you don't want to go too much. You know, full strength this year, uh, going in full strength, not full strength the whole year, but going in for a second there, we had a full strength team near the end, that West Coast swing that we were all pumped about, um, you know, where we, this year we beat SAC on their home floor twice. We had beat Golden State too. Uh, you know, and it, and it wasn't at a, it was at a time where everybody was fighting for a spot too. So they were meaningful for the regular season anyway. Um, but heading into the series, the matchup, you know, we talked about how Sacramento and Memphis would be better for us. We've seen it on the court. And, and it's just pretty much factual. But even going in this healthy, I don't think we would have won the series. But I was pretty confident we could have stretched it to six, maybe seven. Um, and now that I've seen it, yeah, I think we could at least go to six, if not seven. And once you're in a game seven, of course, then, you know, who knows, all bets are off, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we go back to the excuses and reasons. And, you know, a lot of times it is somewhere in between. Um but I think there is enough reasons that you could point to that, you know, why we ended up where we ended up. And um, overall, though, you know, even then losing Anderson with his eye issue in that game, it hurt us in that game, but also the next game not having him. So that's three key pieces. I still love the way they fought. And even throughout, you know, we did that big run of, you know, lose three, win three, you know, win four out of six, lose four out of six, you know, that whole back and forth inconsistency that, you know, a lot of people talk about the disappointment 
and everything like that. You know, I've just seen so many teams just fall off, you know, after that. And so, you know, at some point they're just like, okay, we finally are just – it's just negative. We're done, you know. And they never did that. And, and they kept going, kept going, kept fighting all the way to the end. And I, and I that's not always the case. Um, so I, I did like – they got a lot of fight in them. And if things are going bad – they can turn it around, and they proved it time and time again. The consistency overall, you know, when you look back at the season, we were just talking about it, um, you know, before we hit record. You know, I mean, Cat didn't even like Finch even said yesterday, and I kind of forgot how much a camp. You know, you kind of it's that was shit was in September, October, so you kind of forget, but. They literally got like one or two practices together with him and Rudy in the lineup, and then that last preseason game, and then it's like, all right, go get them. And it's like that's when you have most of your practice time is camp, and especially when you're doing that kind of lineup, you needed that time to just get some bases down of like, okay, we are. It seems like we're good at that, good at that. We need to work at that. And it's not such trial and error. There's going to be trial and error in the regular season, of course, but we had to really do it on the fly. And that did hamper stuff, and it made for a, a clunky-type lineup at times. We saw some you know, good and great quarters and games and five-game winning streak and all that, but then you know, the injury happened. And so when you look at it, I mean, it's like – Almost 30, I think it's 32 or 31 games that him and Rudy played together. Um, and then, you know, when he came back, obviously, you know, he had a new point guard, you know, and I think them two played like seven games. So I think we found out a bunch of stuff, and obviously having calmly the, the, the Gobert whisper, if you will, that did help, but then sometimes you're focused too much on that. And you're like, well, hey, we got this dude named Cat and Ant over here. Let's go there, too. Um, so, yeah, I thought we found out some things, things that we need to learn about. And, and like, Ant with the pick and roll, he's not great in that with finding Rudy. But what we did find out is forget the roll part, <laughs> just pick, <laughs> set a screen, and it gets amped wide open for shots or drives. Um, that was something that really helped them down the stretch last month or two of the season. And even in these playoffs, just setting more picks with like, hey, we're going to try to get Ant off here and staying away from just the flow offense because we just don't have enough time together. You know, even the Golden State Warriors used to do a lot of isolation, a lot of this, that, and the other, before they started to kind of basically have a flow offense, too, where the ball just moved, moved, moved. But that's after you've played together and have a lot of success together. And I thought we were, we're depending on the, the flow too much to where it's like, dude, they haven't even played. To, how are we just going to trust them? Because they've shown time and time again that they can't – it's just not working sometimes. So I think we got a lot of that out um, – so that's positive, and I think that you can definitely work on that stuff, not just in the offseason, but that camp uh, is big, you know. So I think overall um, I saw enough, enough quality wins. You know that stat of us, the, the fifth best record against, against playoff teams and then the sixth worst record, like you were saying, against the shitty teams. I've seen enough good 
to where I'm like, okay, I, I see something here, and we, we just got to kind of work it through. But, yeah, all in all, of course, you'd like to win another game. If you look at how those games turned out, we could have, no doubt. But, um, you know, I still don't think, like you said, this is the – like people are saying this is the most frustrating season. Well, how about the year when Jimmy was here, not, not the second year he was here, but the first year he was here, where we were in the third spot. And with, like, 17 or 20 games left, he got hurt, and we dropped down to having to beat Denver to get in the A spot. To me, that was more frustrating because we had seen the whole season of, hey, dude, we might be a third seed here. You know, and imagine what would have happened if we got a third seed, got a home court, got to the second round. You know damn well they would have gave Jimmy the actual contract he deserved and not shortchanged him. Um, But, yeah, that was way more frustrating of how that season went than this one. I get the up and down stuff, but yeah, I, I think I I left with enough development. You know, we talked about, uh, and I'm sorry I'm long-winded here, but you know me. Aaron, we talked about how, you know, we have a lot of improvement to do in-house coming into this year, and we can still do that, and some of it is just matching everything together and what works for everybody, and involving especially Ant and Cat in the offense more consistently. Yeah, I give, you know, Finch a lot of credit, and I also give him a pass for this year. I know everybody and their mother is just off their rocker about, about look, let's go down the litany, Chris. We started off the season, like you said. We only had a couple practices with both Cat and Gobert. Not to mention just integrating Gobert with everybody else. And then you have to play uh, many, many games. I don't know, what was it, 50-some games without Cat? Then there's a trade. You have the trade with uh, to get our boy point guard in there. Yep. Then, you know, so you have to do that. Then you have injuries, guys coming in and out. Uh, you have to work with yeah, D'Angelo. Yeah, missed time. Torian Prince missed time. time. Everybody missed time. You move D'Angelo, who's one of your top, probably your second scorer on the team. And you ask him to almost go to zero scoring out of the point guard and go to something. I'm just saying, trying to illustrate the point that parts moving in and out all year, injuries, trades, uh, roster construction, which I'm still a little confused about exactly which direction they want to go. Uh, are they going to convert to Ant's team? And if they do, what does that mean exactly? So everybody says Ant's team now. Okay, great. But what does that mean exactly? You mean you still don't need a five? You still don't need a four? What, we still need those. So how do you expect to fill that in? And then you've got, you know, injuries that just plagued the year. And when it came down to playoff time, you had your three major injuries. Well, Cat's injury is a major injury, but, you know, after 57 games, you get used to it. And then, you know, it's just like you can't judge this year really for Finch. If you want to judge by – Anything, judge how well he adapted to still getting us in the playoffs with all the ins and outs and things that happened. Um, I think he's did as good as he could of this year. And I also think that it probably took 10 years off his life this season. You know, we're supposed to get the new GM and he's supposed to come in. But all I've seen right now is a lot of shuffle in the deck, Chris. I don't know which direction they're really headed. I mean, if you want to move Cat, which we'll get into later, okay, but then – that's fine, but then you have to show me what the new direction is, and I don't want the new blueprint and all the other crap that we went through for years and years. I want to see, like, 
How does this affect Edwards? How does this help the squad? How does this help the roster? You know, yeah. what about Nas? All these questions we're going to get into all kind of has to go with the direction of the team. And I guess what I'm struggling to say here is that I don't see the direction clearly. Uh, you want to keep Cat and you want to keep uh, Edwards fine as a one-two. I have no problem with that. But then how are you going to make up the pieces? And then how is Rudy going to fit? Did Rudy fit, Chris? I mean, there's a question there. Did he fit? I know we want to make him fix. We did the draft or we did the trade and everything like that. Great. But is it a fit? Honestly, I don't know. I, don't, I think the, the answer is still kind of out there just yeah. because of how the season went. But that needs to be figured out. And if and something has to be done about that. And so I'm just kind of – I think you can see what I'm trying to get here is, like, I don't understand 100%. And I think it will become clearer as the off season comes around and, and we go through it. But right now I think I really ended the season confused as to, as to one, the direction as far as – like you said, maybe running more plays, doing some more stuff. Okay, you don't want to run the motion offense. That's great because you don't want to go into isolation and let everybody just pass the ball to Ant and say make things happen. That's not Ant's game, I don't think, yet. And so if you're going to move the ball, great. But then, like you said, you need the continuity to be able to do that, and you can't have parts coming in and out to do that. So I just think it's kind of all – I think the frustration comes from Wolves fans is it's kind of all just, just big – misconfusion thing going on here and uh i'm trying to make sense of it and i think a lot of people are too and i think there is sense in there chris i just don't really know what it is at the moment and i'm trying to think do you want to lay heavy on rudy what do you want rudy's role to be what do you want cat's role to be what do you want ant to do do we have a three is Jaden the guy i mean it's just there's a bunch of questions i know Jaden's. oh we got a three i think so but i'm just throwing things out there i don't i don't know I guess my point is, finally, does Rudy fit here with what you want? With let's say you Ant keeps continues to progress, and this is a question I'm laying out to you, and it's going to be his team eventually. Um, the best way for him and Jaden, like, do we move to step two in the process now, Chris? Do we move to it's Ant and Jaden's team build around them, or do we still? Stick with the I cat mean, and the big. Because this sure wasn't building around the cat, this move. You know? No, Think about yeah. it. He had to move no, the position. Yeah. Uh, so then what do you do with cat? Well, I mean, that you just, that's like four different questions inside there. So we'll get to them all. We'll get to them all. We'll, we'll talk about cat, too. I told you. I was confused. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't see the, the clear path. Well, I see what they want to do. <laughs> And it's a clear path, but, you know, it's a path. We don't know what's at the end of the path, right? It could be a dead end. So that is true. I think it's – I think that, we, yeah, we don't know. There, It is open. It isn't a closed book. So many of the media members want to jump ahead on this so far that if we don't trade him this offseason, it's a dumb move not to. That's basically what a lot of the theme is. But before we get there, as far as the offense goes, Finch did – Talk about how, you know, in the exit interview presser that, you know, he does want to lean into other stuff. Um, we did see how some quarters were really good spacing. Some weren't. You're obviously not just going to put Cat in the corner, but you do definitely got to do that. You got to lean into the stretch for all the way with them. Um, and 
like I said, more pick and roll plays just in general, or like we said, where it's just Rudy picking somebody for Ant to get off. Um, but yeah, calling more plays. He said it. He literally said, you know, I have to involve Ant and Cat in this more, especially Cat. And he'd say that in certain games because you'd see so many people look at, oh, he only took nine shots. Okay, cool, but did you watch the game? Because there was about nine possessions that went by where that he didn't get the ball. And he's not a point guard, so he's not bringing the ball up, you know. So it's, it is different. They have to get the ball to him. So it is a combination. Now, we could say, oh, he's got to fight for position, you know, all that stuff. That That's fair, too. But as far as getting the ball, we already know what he can do on offense. We already know it. It's been proven over and over He's been on the all-pro team, like, not all-star, but all-pro team, like, three times. Like, we need to get the ball to him. Him and Cat are our main scorers, and that's what the whole thing should run around. This year, it was, and in, in some ways in the future, whether Cat's here in the coming years or not, um, this was, it, it sucked in many ways, but also this, I mean, you know, Ant got a lot of fucking looks and got a lot of defenses thrown at him, especially when D'Lo was gone for that time. Where it was like, all right, dude, you're basically the scorer right now. And uh, so I really think it helped Ant. There's some games where you're like, oh, man, he's struggling. But that's the shit you got to go through, and that's what you got to come out of. And, shit, he was looking about as bad as we've ever seen him for a stretch. And then look how he came out of that, though. Once he realized what they're doing, I got to get off the ball earlier. I got to do this. I got, and then boom, he went off again. So, um, yeah, the calling plays thing. He basically was like, and, but he made sure to say it can't just be about oh we got to worry about cat, cat and Rudy thing. No, because sometimes they're not going to be on the floor together, obviously. But you also got to work it around all together with Ant. But Ant and, and Cat has to get the ball more. Um, and like you said, not just isolation, not just that, but you gotta, you gotta just, I don't know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta feed them, dude. We know what they can do. You gotta feed them, especially when you're playing a, a team like Denver that will score a lot, Sacramento, Golden State. You gotta feed them, and, and it's just like, Cat is not gonna just volume shoot. That's never been him. He's a very efficient player, um, but he's also not just gonna force a bunch of shots. Which I do like about him, but you got to give him the ball. So I, I liked what I heard, and also the only, like we said, the practice time they missed. You know, sometimes you'll have four days off randomly in the year where you get some practice time. Of course, the All Star break, you get a little rest, then you have like three practices, and you go back to a game. You get a little practice here and there, but that that shit really hurt us, um, no doubt about it. So as far as uh, you know, so I, I really think, like, there was time when we were healthy there down the stretch when, when you know, Cat actually came back, when he came back, whereas, like, this big shit, same with Nas and uh, Anderson coming up that th- these four bigs, it's fucking working for us. It's really working for us, and nobody really has this, you know. So I saw enough out of it to see what they're doing. Ultimately, will it work? We don't know. We know We knew day one that it was like, we don't know if it's going to work. And I think we already get that. That's already been established on the national media. was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, it is what it is. We already know that. So that's where I'm kind of like, okay, media, 
we get it, man. You want to jump out there so far because, you know, in this, we'll get into the cat trade. So if you think about it, like personally, I would go this year and let the whole year play out. That way, mm. if it doesn't work, then you have the off season to trade cat, not this midseason shit, right? But let's say we get to 50 plus games, which is right around February, where the, you know, February 10th or whatever, the, the trade deadline, right? Let's say we get, so that's a little October, that's November, December, January. That's 50 plus games plus the 30. That's at least a full season. So I got, if you're going to make this trade, that's the thing. It's, you can't just turn off the video game if it's not going well. Like, if you make a trade like this, you have to see it through. And when I say see it through, a lot of people jump on me saying, well, what, are you going to wait three years? No, no, we're not. But you've got to at least wait to the trade deadline. I personally would go through. Now, the only way I would <coughs> not go through the whole season, including the playoffs, the only way I wouldn't do that, <coughs> come February, 53 games into it, if we're in that ninth, tenth place, and we're two games under 500 or something, okay. Then you can at least say that's a full season of, like, either a little above or a little below 500. That's not good enough. It doesn't work. At least give you a full season, 80 games of worth, because I just I just don't think it makes sense to do it uh, any other time. And, and I, I feel like if they're relatively healthy, we know there's injuries, but relatively healthy, with Ad and Cat, right, especially those two. Um, I see a six seed and above. I don't see a plan. So, it, you know, let's try that first. Let's see if we can get to the second round before we say, no, nah, this shit don't work. And I understand the media want to jump on it. So midseason, they'd be like, why did you even do this? Because you fucking have to do this, dude. You can't not – no one's going to do this – a year, not even a year later, 30 days, 30 games, 31 games they played together. So it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I would, de- I personally, like I said, would go the full year and see it through. And if not, then you trade Cat. You get, you know, we could, we could say what we want. I would want a couple different players rather than trying to match some, somebody that's overpaid or something. I, I'd rather go what Dallas did two years ago where they got like two or three players of just quality players and then picks. That's me personally. But yeah, I would keep him. I think it's now if someone throws some shit at us and it's like, wow, that's a good trade. I'm not going to sit here and freak the fuck out. And like you said, send it to Seattle. I don't want it anymore. You know, I'm a Timberwolves fan first, no matter who's on a team. Right. But um, yeah, I would, I would keep cap. Well, you've always been pretty, uh, that's always kind of been your line there of what to do with Cat. And I think it makes the most sense, you know, if you want to be logical about things. Yeah, see what you have. Um, I don't think it's probably going to go that way. Um, either they're going to keep Cat or I think they'll probably move him in the offseason. I would like to see what happens, like you said, 50-some-odd games with everybody and, you know, some continuity there and see how the pieces kind of work together. But it hasn't. Worked out the way. My feeling on Cat is, look, we wanted – you're right about the Gobert trade, first of all. We we didn't know how it would work, and now we still don't know how it would work. And meanwhile, years of Edward's career are uh, falling down the drain, so to speak. Um, and now you have well, – he Jayden. got in the back-to-back playoffs. That's pretty good for Tim Rolls, though. I mean, I don't – he I mean, developed good. this year. Right. 
Well, for Timberwolves, that is good. But let's say, you know, Ant's on a different team and he doesn't have to deal with the Timberwolfy things that, that happen. Um, it'd be a different story. Maybe not vastly different, but different. Um, Cat, to me, is if you're going to move, like like I said earlier about the direction and not knowing, and I'm not going to go through that confusing thing again, but I will say that if you're going to choose the direction of Edwards and McDaniels and go to that earlier, then I think you're going to have to go to something like building it with a guy like Gobert in the middle. Kind of, I'm thinking 90s Bulls here. Now, I don't want to make the comparison, but I'm thinking if you're going to go and build that squad uh, with Jaden as sort of the the Pippin and Edwards as sort of the Jordan, then I'm trying to fit Who's pieces Paxton? in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like but, you Conley know, over Paxton. I'll say that. I'll take that. But then you have to take, uh, you know, Gobert would be that Bill Wennington, Luke Longley type of guy. Uh, I would go Rodman before I go Luke Longley. Um, and then who's your Rodman piece? That's a good point. If you want to even get that involved, your Oakley or your Rodman or who's that? You're, that's a, not a piece you have. Maybe Nas. Maybe Nas could do that. Um, and then, our best I, I don't know if Gobert's fleet of foot enough to, to do that. I think he's probably that Weddington type of player. That's where dude, I see him more. Weddington, dude? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm saying exactly on. Weddington. Get out of your mind. I'm Come saying on. like that piece. That piece was Weddington, Longley, uh, <laughs> Stacey King at one point. So we want to um, have... We want to have Ant and four white dudes. That's our bench. Because that's what that bench was, if you remember correctly. <laughs> that was for, yeah, one year. No, Harper, though. Years. Let's not forget yeah, Harper. Harper. Well, you have Alexander well, let, okay, Walker yeah, yeah, could do that. Let's go. But nonetheless, that's the analogy I'm drawing. I think that's the direction I would see the Jaden Ant heavy team going. So so trade Horace Grant is what you're saying. Oh, Horace. I forgot about Horace. Well, that's yeah, Cat, um, Horace Grant. I mean, if you could... Okay, if you could get Cat to think of that way about himself, I think that would work out. Um, but that's probably the point here is what Cat probably wants. If you're going to put him in a role like that, you think that's something he would adopt, or you think he thinks more of himself than that. And then if that is the case, then I would say move Cat. I'm just, you know, we said there were two iterations, Chris, earlier in the year of the future here. You're going to ride out this Cat thing, and then we're going to move into the next phase, which would be the Aunt Jaden uh, thing, and I think maybe it's time to just cut out the the first part of that and go right into the Aunt and Jaden thing and build but around that. But the year's that. not really riding it out, though. It's not like three or four years, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Move. I'm saying move past that point. Boom. Forget about the two, three years and just move into the Aunt Jaden thing early, because if you're going to lose Cat for fifty some games a year, you know, not saying that's going to happen next year, but there's I, always I a series of games where Cat has, is out for an extended period of time during the season. And, you know, how many years can you deal with that and not let it yeah, be Yeah, but the, last, the longest year. one before this was COVID, dude. I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but there was the broken wrist. There was the – Yeah, he came the, back in like two weeks. And the, yeah, but then there's probably 20 more games he missed that season. Nonetheless, um. I think it's time to. So you're saying probably, trade? You think I'm saying trade cat and move on to the move on to the new direction of Jaden and Ant as the probably max players at some point, 
Um, and then keep Rudy because what are you going to do? You can't really do a lot with him and use him in that role that I explained earlier would probably be the direction that I would want to go. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to go that way, but that's the way I would see it kind of visualize it going. If you're going to move in the aunt Jaden direction and not, you know, do the two, three years of cat and see how that type of goes. Because at this point with injuries and play style and roster, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to to see exactly, you know, where this goes. Yeah, fifty some games, fine. I'm cool with that. Check it out for fifty some games, and you want oh, to trade okay. in mid season. That's cool. Okay. But I just don't think you give it more than that. So it doesn't have game. to be this off season. No, it doesn't have to be. But I wouldn't mind okay. if it was. But if you're going to see it, I don't want to give. If you want to see it, how it goes, I wouldn't give it more than fifty some games. Now, let's say you're at the end of fifty some games, you're. You know, forty and ten. Okay, cool. Right, right. It wouldn't have to be forty uh, yeah. and ten, though. I mean, you know what I mean? Are, yeah, yeah. Thirty's fine. Let's see. If we're just... out of the plan. We need to be out of the plan. That's the key. We got to get out, right. out of the plan. You know. Yeah, if it's vastly successful. Eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. You know. No, but if it's very successful, obviously you keep it and you ride it out. But let's say it's, let's say it's five hundred. Okay, then it's time to move into right. that next iteration. And I think that's fair. I think that would be definitely fair if we're sitting there at 10th place or 9th place, and whether it's a game above or game below or, you know, that type of thing. Um, yeah, I'm down with I'm down with that. I definitely think that's – and as far as him accepting, he's already accepted a smaller role. Um, they actually asked him about that today, and they've asked about that in the past too, or yesterday. And he said, dude, I, I, here's the thing about Cap. Okay, and you got to think about it. If you're, if we're all such hardcore fans, right now I'm thinking of what you said about Horace Grant and, and trying to put Cat, trying to fit Cat into that, into that space as a Horace Grant type player. Now I think he lacks the toughness, but physically and skill wise, I think he's more skilled than Horace Grant. Way more skilled. But my point is, as a Timberwolves fan, okay, every time someone's here for a little bit and they don't like it, what do they do? Ask out. He's never asked out of a trade, okay? So when you have a – first of all, you need second guys through the season to get the seats, right? I think people kind of lose sight of that. You need Cat overall, you know? So you're just going to go find a second guy like that? No, you're really not. You know, and like I said, if you want to go – I hear like Mackie and others saying, well, we'll just get another play. you know, we'll just match salaries, one player. That's not – Gonna, you're going to hate that. You're going to hate that because what we're going to get back, it's, if we want draft picks too, it's, it's, it's going to be a way less, not way lesser player, but not what we think. I'd much rather split it up. Just like we did in this, it happens all the time. Look at Rudy. You have to match. You don't have to be perfect match with the salary, but you got to be within whatever it is, 15, 10% or whatever. So that whole thing is, in my opinion, we got to see what's on the table, obviously, but he wants to stay. He, I mean, a lot of motherfuckers, once they get good, get, want to get the fuck out of here, Kevin Love. And and so he's stayed through all this bullshit. And he's, he's like, I'm good. We're good. And he knows Ant is going to be the more volume guy. He's okay with that. So, yeah, I know he can do it because he's already shown he can do it. But I just think we need to involve both those guys a little bit more. We can't. Like, if someone's going off, keep feeding them. But we need to, you know, the structure of the offense, something that Finch said he's going to lean into when they're going to have more time 
to actually do it, you know, instead of just flying by their seat, that, that'll that be key. And, and, and another thing is ant, the whole point guard ant, and I'm not saying you're saying this, Aaron, but that whole theme, he's not ready to be a point guard. That's just factual. If you, you can look at any analytics out there, he's not ready to be a point guard. And Ant is so close to being developed that next elite level at a variety, like a, as a facilitator, right? As a guy that's going to focus off ball all the time on defense. The guy is really close, whether it's this year, next year, whatever. By the time he's 24, 25, that's when, you know, that's basically year four to year six is what really when you develop what you're going to be until you're like 32. And he's not ready for all of that just yet. So why the fuck put it on him? That's another thing. So here you go, kid. We're going to put more shit on you. Well, he's not going to, you know, that's not cool to do to him either. So there's the opposite of, well, we're not, you know, he's not developing. Dude, he, he developed this year, and he got a bunch of shit thrown at him. And, you know, you're gonna if you want to win games during the regular season and then throughout a full playoff series, you need a second guy like Cat to get you through all that. So this whole dumping him this year and the you know and this I, I hey if the deal's great, like I said I'm a, I'm a Timberwolves fan first, but I think it's I just don't think they do it. I think anybody that thinks it's gonna happen this year, I would put a lot of money on that bet. So. You can uh, reach me on Twitter. You can, you know, KG21 Carlito Hotmail. Let me know. I, you know, like you said, the deal. What's the deal uh, for Cat? What's fair? What's a fair deal? I mean, arguably, if you want to call him a five, he's top six. If you want to call him a four, he's top probably five, three uh, in the league as far as skills and skill sets. Um is he an overall plus player as far as locker room and everything like that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the guy. You hear rumors, you hear things, and you know, maybe he's not the greatest teammate, but who cares? I mean, they're supposed to be professional and play through it. I think with the Anthony Chris, the point I would say is if you're going to make him the man, it does him no good to always have a second fiddle all the time. If he's going to be the man, make him the man, and if you win 30 games. Everybody has a second fiddle, though, dude, that wins. If he wins 30 games the first year he's got to hold the mantle, then okay, as long as the second year he wins 50 games, he wins 40 games, and he continues to do it. I don't think he's in his, what, going into his fourth season now? Um, I'm not saying that it's – obviously you need a second guy, but what I'm saying is – if, if you're going to move in that direction and put the weight on his shoulders, it doesn't do you any good to kind of incrementally give it to him in little bits and pieces until you think, okay, he's ready. He's not, if he's ready, if he's, you're going to know he's ready by him being able to carry that weight and you're going to have to just give him the weight and let him carry it. Well, we and saw the weight this year. At though. some point. That's yeah. the thing. We got And I think, I think he kind of had his peaks and valleys. And I think when they moved the weight more to him, we got the valley and then he found a way to overcome and to actually be able to carry it now i do i know that that's a fact probably not but that's what i assume um and i as far as you know compensation chris i don't know i mean i'm sick of draft picks at this point what do you want for let's say you move cat so then you would you have to know well, what direction you want to get any players back trade then you're gonna have to get players back but then if you don't know the direction you're going as a squad it's hard to get the right players back for cat so i think First thing, they figure out the direction and be concrete and firm in it and then decide what to do with Cat and what the compensation is. I mean, 
There's really no other. I don't want to see Cat moved for. I don't know. I don't think. I don't even want to speculate how many draft picks you could get for him. Probably. What do Regardless, you think, two firsts or something? Oh, you know, it'd be I don't more know. than two firsts. It'd be more. Look at how many people got moved for three firsts this last year that aren't as good yeah. as him. All right, so quick question to you. Let's say you move Cat. What I, You'll probably get um, three, four players or something, but what would be the big – if you, you move Cat, would you want a player to replace Cat, or would you want a different piece to the puzzle? Well, it'd definitely be a different piece, right? I know what you're saying. But it's either you move Anderson into the starting lineup at the power forward, or you uh, – or you, or you get somebody, you keep Anderson in his role – and you just get a you know a different player that's going to match up better with Rudy, uh, as far as you know on that like a natural stretch four, not even that, just a natural power forward. Um, that you know you probably that's the thing you got to wh- whoever you get back, you got to have a score someplace in there. We know that. We know that. We we, we saw it happen this year. We, we got to have it. So I would either I'd probably get a starting caliber. Uh, you know, four, and then in not starting caliber, not cap, but starting caliber, and then I, you know, I'd probably bring something like a punch off the bench, because mm. as we know, we do need a point guard. So if somebody's, if somebody has, uh, like what the Cavs had a couple years ago, where they had three young guys and they got rid of one, you know, if, if that's where, and I could see Toronto, like Van Fleet, Toronto, right, that type mm. of thing, or you know that. You know, I, I would probably go there because, you know, I feel like Conley can play next year, maybe the year after that. We don't know when that shelf falls off. We talked about it earlier before we hit record. Chris Paul's still playing at 37, you know, 35, 36 next year, 37. But you do have to, and that's what we'll get into right now, actually. You know, we do need what, you know, we thought we had our backup point guard figured out. A lot of people wanted to have J-Mac as a starter last year at Vigilo. And then, boy, that wouldn't have worked out too well, would have it? Um, but but J Max still can come back. He's got a year left on his deal. He can still come back and have a damn good uh, be the backup. Maybe I don't know if Noel's going to come back. And obviously, Alexander Walker adds something to where when we talk about that in whether it's next year, the coming years, as Ant being a guy that can get you five or six assists a game on average and can facilitate more. Once he can do that, as far as get whoever the best shot, including obviously himself first, but, you know, whatever the defense is doing to be able to get a good shot for his offense, if he can turn into that and not just, you know, mostly a scorer, then you could bring Alexander Walker in. If you bring Walker and you have uh, McDaniels and then your third best perimeter defender is Ant, I mean, that would be ideal. But that would—that's the development part, and that's why I think a full year of letting Ant further go with this because he, he showed signs of being a, a guy that could facilitate. Now, in the closing, you know, five minutes of game, a clutch is assist to turnover is really bad, one of the worst. But that's part of being twenty-one. So um, the backup stuff—all of a sudden, that first guard off the bench, Aaron, is not as clear as we thought it was because Noel just never really caught on as that sixth man. Yeah, we really thought he would, you know, just because he's, he's always been kind of lightning in a bottle score, and it just didn't seem to be that that way um, 
in fact, Prince kind of outshined him a little bit. And, uh, yeah. you know, we thought, okay, well, we could lose Beasley because we got Noel and they're both going to put up shots and, and maybe Noel be a little bit more. But yeah, the backup point, McLaughlin, remember, Chris, you did bring it up last year. It's like, start him. And he was playing well enough for I didn't that say one. Start him. No, I, I didn't know say I'm saying. Start him. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know you didn't. I'm saying others said that. I hear you, but the way you deliver the line, I thought you said I did it. I was like, no, I don't want that. Oh. I love him. I love him to death. But this guy, I don't know his injury maybe. I It seems like everything's a little bit off, especially it sort of happened right around the time that Connolly came. Um, so what do you do for a backup point guard? Is, you, is that something you look for in the second round? Do you try to bring something, someone in um, that can run it? I mean – or we you try to maybe hope that he gets or... better. I mean, that's the thing. He does. We know it's in there. You know, we just don't yeah, know. Right. Uh, it's really shooting for him, outside shooting. Yeah. So work on your shot in the off season and see what happens. Um, but I think now that we sort of, it appears, you know, knock on wood, that we kind of know what kind of guard we're looking for as far as point guard goes, then him at his best seems to be a perfect number two there. But he has to, you know, pick up his play. And we didn't talk a little bit off air about how hard it is to kind of find these past first point guards now. Um, they're kind of getting more yeah. rare and rare. Um, you can get, I guess you could get a European guy or something like that could come in. Um, Cause I don't, not so familiar with the league anymore to really know of guys that are, we did talk about uh, Tyus a little bit, but he's kind of wrapped up in a contract and you can't really, you know, go home again. So I don't know. Uh, I think you probably ride it out, Chris, just like you ride out a lot of things into the next season and see what you can do in some sort of some sort of deal if it doesn't work out, or maybe bring in a a kid to play in the G League for a while that can might be able to do it. Um, but it's definitely a hole there, and I think six man, like you said, is a hole because you probably Noel's probably going to move on, and I think a good six man is as hard to find as a good starter. Yeah, and and that's why if you make a trade for one that's been it for a few years, that does help, you know, because then there's no, you know, there's no really, you just like, hey, I've done this. I already know how to do it. Um, And, yeah, it does suck that J-Mac, he just, I don't know, I just remember early in his career being able to shoot threes, but once he can't, and it's like, it's one thing to be like a 35% shooter or whatever, but, you know, it, he's not bad. You know, it's way low. I mean, there was a – early in the season, he was, like, shooting 18% or something like that. It's really bad. So they just play off of him, and then it takes away what he's good at. So um, you're right, though. We, we can we can still give it a try, maybe as a third, you know, just on the team. If Austin Rivers wants to hang around, that's cool for depth. Um, but, yeah, Alexander Walker got to bring back. And then Nas, you know, a lot of people thought, well, he's probably going to be trade bait. And then, you know, Cat went down, so we really needed him, and we missed him off the bench, uh, you know, getting off the dribble and just doing him. He really developed the way he's worked his body, lost the weight, become so much quicker. And, by the way, that you know, the first folks wanted him to put on weight, so that it's not like he was just, oh, he's really fat or something. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, I st- if we can find a way um, – we we have the money for him, and I just think he's an asset whether he's on the team or in a year we trade him. I just think he's a worthy 
asset to have. I would like to bring Nas back. And then obviously, mm. no ifs, ands, or buts. Obviously, you're going to extend Ant because it's a max. Um, and then McDaniels, we're going to extend too. And he's going to get a healthy deal. And I can already see the national media, although they're starting to catch up, they're going to be like, I can't believe Minnesota gave McDaniels that kind of money. Um, and it'd be the four year deal. And actually, in this new. Wait a second. Is it next? The, the new rules, actually, we can – I believe this year we can actually extend him for five years rather than four, and it doesn't have to be a max because he's not going to get max money. But to have him in that – you know, that – so we might be able to extend uh, at, at, in him for five years. Um, so we're definitely – that's a no-brainer to extend both those guys. I want to do with the Nas. We'll see. I think we do have the – match things so we can if he wants it I wouldn't be mad at him as a fan if he wants to test the market obviously mm. you know he's earned it so um, you know I'm not sure if he's coming back and I understand having three centers basically and, you know I, I get that but man when that thing was pumping and we had An- those four guys Anderson not like if you're gonna go big you might as well go into it and it was working there once we had everybody together and I don't know what what are your Feelings about uh, Nasir. Nas. I think you nailed it. You do what you, whatever you can to bring him back. Uh, I think it's in the realm of possibility as long as somebody like I don't know, for example, the Lakers don't just offer him ridiculous money, and that you can't literally can't match. But I don't see that. I don't see that happening. So he's restricted. I don't know what that means anymore. I know what it used to mean, and I'm assuming it means the same thing, but restricted free agents. So you can match and bring him back. He's the perfect, if you're going to go two bigs, like you said, he's the perfect guy to kind of, he's kind of a mix between size and, and, and athleticism. That's kind of a mix, you know, a good middle ground between Cat and Rudy, and he can come in and, and do those things and extending, you know, uh, Jaden and Ant, those are no-brainers, obviously. Um, if that's the future of your squad from what we've been talking about. And, I mean, what do you do with – I was talking, thinking about Rivers a little bit, Chris, because you brought him up just to go back for a second. As he's, You don't think – I don't – is he not a, a viable second point guard option? I mean, yeah, I think he is. And he, he definitely uh... – Fitted nicely uh, to the to the locker room and shit. It's a tight locker room, you can tell. But um, yeah, for a year I, or so, I right? would like to. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to. If we got to go that, hey, it fucking worked pretty good in the playoffs. So and it worked okay earlier this year. So I would like him back on the team, whatever that is, you know, and, and with a fair shot at trying to be the backup for sure. But yeah, Nas is a no brainer. Yeah, you know, I'm a little worried that it could get expensive. Uh, but other than that, yeah, you bring him back for sure. Yeah, and then um, as far as you know, Cat and McDaniel's, the the if they could just fall a tad less, just a little, just a little, and, and stay a little calmer. Um, in the playoffs this year, Cat did stay calmer than last year. That's for sure. Um, but you know, last year he was really hyper. So it's not saying a ton, but um, it we're like for instance, if you look at Rudy as well. I mean, Rudy was talking about it after the game, like, dude, I've been in the playoffs a lot, and I the, the amount of times that 
you know, I mean, Jokic can basically do whatever the fuck he wants. He can push you off, no problem. Yeah, I'll be in the neck. As soon as you try to protect yourself, all of a sudden it's a fall on you. And, you know, I've always, we all know that the Timberwolves, and especially Cat, doesn't get a good whistle. We, we know that. And I've always been like, that is true, but he also puts himself, when, when the shit goes bad, he'll go fall, he'll go do a dumb fall, just like McDaniels. And then he'll get mad about it, and then they got to sit. Whereas this year, I thought he, he kept breathing. You could see him on the court breathing like, okay, I just calm down. And, uh, and it was kind of like, all right, hey, he's, he's actually calm. But I'll say this, for this, this series, like, even in that game, I think in the third quarter, when because the first game, <coughs> both of them had it, were off, right? Second game, first half, he was playing good defense, but it didn't really get a lot of shots up. He just started, I think he had 10 out of 12 points or something like that in the third, all of a sudden, oh, here's your fourth. Here's your, you know, it's like boom, boom. It's like it, the, the, there was some horrible calls on it. I'd say about half of his falls each game were like, dog, this is really fucking convenient, man. Um, but overall, I've always, I've always said, well, you just got to deal with it. We have an example of someone with a lot of energy that can harness it. We have the, the prime example. And we all know who that is, Kevin Garnett. So we've seen it. We've seen a guy that's way more fucking energy than anybody in the league, and he was able to harness it. Um, so, yeah, McDaniels and Cat, if they could just fall a tad less. Um, and, and obviously McDaniels, you know, coming out of the draft, he did have the, the hot head thing, you know. And, and obviously we see it. We see it. You know, he fucking punched the wall. It is what it is. He made a mistake. I'm willing to get over it. You know, he opened up. I mean, his offense really opened up this year, um, and he was, you know, from young, old, middle-type players. They, they all said, yeah, this McDaniels is the real fucking deal. Um, and then with Ant, uh, I would say just get keep getting better at your dribble because that's where most of his turnovers were. Um, you know, I, I, I like that he showed promise as a facilitator, um, and some of it was just forced on him. Um, but, you know, keep doing that. And then I, the biggest thing about Adam is conditioning. That's the biggest thing. We, we can't have him coming into camp 240. You know, that's just – he can't not get a dunk in the first six games, right? So, really, honestly, that's really the only thing I think Cat or Ant – because we know he works on his game. He's a workaholic on his game because he always comes in every year with the, new, the mid-range this year. Uh, was just starting to really get featured for him. And he even said, you know – two games ago that he almost that game we won he almost even though he had a great game through three quarters he almost shot us out of it he took you know he's jacking threes and he said you know i should have went to the mid-range i should have you know this is all the learning experience so i'm I, I, once we get some structure around the offense for him that'll help him because then it's like all right this is what we want you to do on this exact play and it's not so much flow and just trust him like he's a point guard um but the conditioning Whatever it is, the guy's a workaholic, but whatever the fuck it is, he needs to – because he does go through these games where he's just – not your average every day, hey, I want to get to the all-star break, I'm tired. Not that. He literally – he's even said it. You know, i got to get in better shape. i got to be in tip-top condition. And so that's really the only thing, and that's part of being a young dude saying, you know what, I can't eat whatever the fuck I want. You know, <laughs> like, actually, this shit does catch up to you. Even not being an athlete, we can relate to when we were 21 and 
some of the shit we'd eat, and the next day you're like, wow, whew, yeah, where's the salad? Yeah, I gotta have salad or some fruit. Uh, didn't really know that it was gonna affect me. Um, so it's just conditioning, and that's a great thing uh, because that's part of being young as a player. You develop these habits of other shit, and you know, otherwise the sky's the limit for the guy. It, it really is, man. And, and he's just. Uh, he showed me a lot this year, man. Him in, in McDaniels showed me a whole lot that I, I could feel safe with this trade either way because people kept saying that we traded our future because of the picks, and it's like, now if we would have traded Cat for Rudy, oh, then, yeah, I'd have a big problem with the fucking trade, right? But we did. We kept. We even kept D'Lo and got a good trade out of him, <clears throat> which looked a lot better, you know, with the Alexander Walker, we can keep him, which I think we will. And, you know, that's the thing, people knowing Amp and not knowing McDaniels. Like, dude, we didn't trade our future away. What I'd like to see this offseason is Ant just become a little more comfortable being the face of the franchise. I'd like to see national media kind of get a, a hold of that, understand his potential, and also know that he's, uh, if not right now, the face of the franchise, will very soon be the face of the franchise and just be able to carry that mantle. Um, prove his game. Obviously, all the things you said, conditioning, maturity, growing up, you know, being ready to really just take a hold of it like KG. I'd like to see him get with KG and talk about that a little bit. I think they probably do talk. Um, and then well, I want to see you will they- be in the facility here soon once uh, the end of the year happens and the, the trade goes through or the, the ownership. Right. Yeah. And then I want to see McDaniels. Uh, you know, we were talking about all this thing about possibly becoming those guys two guys as team and you know offensively I'd like to see McDaniels work his way into the number two score I know he does a lot of uh defensive things which are great um but it'd be great if he could work himself into being that number two score and then you have that tandem of the two scoring guys and that really allows you to do so much more now he might need another year to kind of be able to offensively get that but I think offensively his game's maturing you know, year by year, and I think it's on a trajectory to where he could possibly become a number two, if not at least be a 2A or a 2B, possibly. And I think you need to have him as a viable scorer to go along with his defense. I think he'll be able to draw fouls as well as, as, as you know, give fouls. And then I'd like to see them make some sort of definitive move, and I them by them I mean the front office of like, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, Rudy trade. Okay, this is what we're falling into. Uh, what we do with Cat. I'd like to come them to come out and say which direction because I think if I portrayed anything throughout this podcast is just I don't know the direction. I don't know. Well, and some exactly of that is in the exit doing. interview that you'll listen to. And I want to see them move more toward uh, an Edwards-based franchise. And if Cat wants to find the role and fit the role, that's great. And if he doesn't, then you have to make a decision on him. If Gobert wants to play his role, then you have to make a decision. But, you know, I think putting all those guys in the same kettle, for lack of a better term, I don't think it's working at the moment, um, but I don't think it's far from working. So I think, I guess in the words of Mike Zimmer, tweak a few things and and see what what happens. Um, But I'd like to see both Ant and Jaden – uh, of course, you won't see it till next season starts, but I'd like to see them work on 
I'd like to see Jane work on his offensive game, and I'd like to see Ant just kind of take a hold of this franchise and just put it on his back. And I think it's time now. It's going into year four. It might be too heavy, but that's fine. You know, yeah. that's fine. Just got to, you know, bear the bear the load until you're ready for it. Fake just don't go winging it. chairs and shit like that. I yeah, no shit. Stuff. You can't make stupid <laughs> mistakes. I saw the other off. angle now, and it's it, it. It may have been a narrow thing to get through, but he he, he did a spin move, so it's. It wasn't narrow, too narrow for him to go through. I don't, I don't think he threw it at the person purposely, uh, but, you know, that type of thing. But McDaniels, man, you know, the guy, I'm looking at his numbers right now. You know, I mean, that played 30.6, that would probably go up to like 34 if he could stay in the game with ball props. Almost 52% from the field. Almost. 40%. He was basically 38-39 all year, finished strong, almost 40% from three. You know, and 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 I think and we did give this team to Ant this year. You know, whether we wanted to or not, uh, we did, you know, just because of the injury and whatnot. But even in the playoffs when we had him back, go look at the – he shot 23 times a game or 24 times a game. So we, we gave it to him. It's his as far as the offense and all that. It's up to him, like you said, to, to take over the franchise and be the face of the franchise. But he's got all the makings of it. And yeah, I don't I don't think – I'm not sure about the second score, uh, like next year uh, or the year after, maybe. Like by the end of the year after, maybe by that time the playoffs or something. Uh, he, he did, you know, go average 18 points or whatever. I, but but I, I saw enough out of McDaniels as far as getting to the rack. He even said he has to add a little bit more mid-range, which makes sense. But getting to the rack, he does he cuts to the rack really well and gets easy dunks. He um, getting off the dribble, like I said, more. We saw that. We definitely saw that. He's. We, we need to shoot more threes too. The guy can shoot. Now, do we need him shooting eight or ten? No, not necessarily per game. But but you know, yeah, I, I'm with you as far as like keeping that development going offensively because. After all, coming out of high school, you know, he was a, a scoring machine. So, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think he's developing nicely. And um, to almost shoot 40% from three, I mean, and he's not just three and D. He's not just three and D. He's more than that. And I think he showed that. I'm with you. I think he uh, – sky's the limit, 21 and 22. So, next year we're going to have 22 and 23, you know. I mean – Plenty of growth, but they're really showing it already. Yeah, I mean, these are growing pains, and, you know, it's good to have the series, Chris. I mean, we talked about it last season. We talked about it this season. It's good to have this. I just wish, you know, that they would have had all their parts, and we could have got a really good view. Um, you know, Nas, and Nas is your bench piece that you can't you can't not have. And I would say that McDaniels is – equally as important to the rotation yes. if it would have been healthy. And so having that series was great to have, but kind of pointless as far as evaluation goes, because you didn't have two pieces. You can really judge Ant. I think when right. he wanted to take Overall, the game over and when he wanted to refuse to lose, we didn't lose. And so I'm not saying he didn't do that all the game. So don't, you know, at me about that, but I'm saying when you made a point to say, we're not going to get swept. 
and he put that in his mind, it didn't happen. And that was good to see because it would have said, if we're not going to get swept and then you get swept, you know, that's a different story. And you talk about, I, you know, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe there's a thing, you know, it's a locker room stuff and all this other bullshit that you could have said. So it was nice to see that at least, you know, when he wants to do it, that it's there for him. And, uh, you know, Cat, I want Cat to take a role that, that he, I just, Chris, I want him to take a role that I just don't think he'll take. I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll happily take. I'm completely on the opposite side of that. Hmm. It's not just him talking about it, which he said it all year long. Well, not all year long, because he had a press conference for most of the year because he wasn't playing. But at the beginning of the year, when he was playing, and also just this exit interview, he said, dude, I'm not here for numbers. I don't have to be the guy. I understand someone's going to be the volume scorer. Yeah. He, he can, he's staying in Minnesota for you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he, he knows what it is. He knows what it is. He clearly knows what it is. I don't think that's the problem at all. It's just you got to give him – he's not a point guard. you got to give him the fucking ball sometimes too. We can't go eight, nine possessions where he doesn't get the ball. And I'm not talking about when Ant's cooking or who mm-hmm. knows, somebody else. I'm talking about all the – people keep saying, he only took nine shots. Okay, but how many times did he actually get the goddamn ball to him? You know, he's got to get the ball, too. So, and when he's hot, the fucking, he draws so much, so much attention. I think people forget that, you know. And he helps Ant a ton with that. And that's something, we didn't get that pick and pop this year. We didn't, you know, because he was hurt. We didn't get to have that. So, whereas we really started to get into that next year. And that's the thing. You know, analytics are great. Right? They could, they could be telling. A lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes you're like, eh, I don't know about that. I don't like whatever. But when you have the number one assistant points guard pick and roll and the top pick and pop dude on your team, you got to fucking lean into that. You have to. And that's the only thing I'll say about Finch is if he's going to stubbornly stay this year, which he already said he wasn't going to, in the flow offense all the time, that's where I think he's making a mistake. Because the, the, the sign of a great coach is you work the system around your players. And Ant's not ready as a decision maker yet. I, I have faith in him, but just yet. So you're basically saying, go out there, man. Here, here's, some, here's some things I don't want you to do. You do this. But then they just play. They literally just play. And that's, to me, I get it, but it can't be all the time. And so I think that's what we need to see. And this is a big year for Finch because if he stays with like 94% or maybe even more of flow offense, when the flow's not flowing, obviously, and when you give up these big leads and we need some structure, and when Mike Conley's saying we need more structure, it really woke him up, and he admitted that, too. Like, we, we do need more structure. We do need to find a way to do this. We do need to do that. Because um, that's part of being a great coach. But, yeah, those whole fucking, uh, you know, fire him, that's fucking ridiculous. But, you know, if you if you got certain talents, you gotta you got to build the system around that, too. So it's got to be a blend. Because people that are against the flow 100%, I don't agree with that, too, because – the flow, remember last year, after January, we were the number one team in offense. So it was flowing, you know. But we went through some rough-ass spots in those first two months that I think people kind of forget that we were five games under 500 in that time, too. 
Yeah, I think you need to just have those things we talked about on earlier podcasts about offensively when things aren't working, you need go-tos, and that's what plays are. You know, that's get out of the flow and get into go-to situations. I'd like to see Cat work on a post-up game a little bit more. I think if he's going to play the role of uh, maybe, I won't say third, but let's say, you know, in the top three scores, yeah, I think it's an element that if he gets a mismatch, strength or or size, Yep. Uh, you know, get in the post and, and do the. And that's what we did stuff. last year. That's what we did last year. We didn't do that. Yeah, and I think that helps you for also play calls. You know, if you can, okay, let's get Cat in the post and, and work this guy a little bit. You know, and, and gets maybe get some fouls, do some things. Um, and maybe if he gets in the post, maybe it helps his three game or or vice versa. His three game will help his post work. So I mean, those are really the three things I want to see. Is just you know, and develop as as the teams face i want to see Jaden offensively get better i want to see cat work on his low post game which is an odd thing to say chris now that, that you know you're we're at this point but if the way this team is evolving i think that's a piece that needs to be there especially like you said for finch to get out of the flow be able to call plays have go-to set things when the ball ain't going in where you can get layups short shots yes. mid-range stuff just mm-hmm. go-to things to develop so okay so we know when we're watching like okay we're down by 10 uh, we need to stop a run here they're going to do this, and then they do it, and it's successful, mm-hmm. and, and that type hey, of if thing. If you miss a shot, you miss a shot. Okay. No. You know, I can live with it. Right. Just things to stop runs because we get we still get these huge runs to finish games, to finish quarters, all those frustrating mm-hmm. things. So I really think that's a great uh, thing, a great point that you brought up about just you, maybe you change the whole offensive system. Now, obviously, you don't want to do that, but I would listen to my point guard. Connolly's telling me something. Um, this guy, yeah. you know, he's got experience with teams. He's got experience with players. He's got experience in the playoffs. If he's saying you need structure, then maybe you need some structure, and maybe he works better in structure, and that's the way that's the way it should go. But yeah, those are the things I'd like to see uh, going into next season. You know, and if you don't move a piece, that's fine with me. I don't care. I'm not saying you have to move a piece. I'm just saying, right. you know, there's other things that need to be handled, and you know, I, I think if you can work some of those things out, I think you'll be enough in a much better situation. And then again, you know, get the guys trained. I don't want to see guys out for 50 some odd games and, and whatnot. So, you know, try to avoid injuries the best that you can and work on your conditioning and all those great things and, and try to have like a somewhat stable season next year and not just, you know, this confusing mash of what ifs and how come, and what if this happened and it's just got getting old. And I, I just don't think we could actually, I don't think Fitch could survive another one of these seasons, physically and his job. I'm going overseas. It's a lot less schedule. Two games a week, I like this better. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, and you know, we can say, we just got done saying all this stuff. It doesn't mean that we can't trade him at the deadline or next year or after we tried it for a year that we games then like we're not saying see it through to the end okay I think people get that knee jerk in them like we're not saying to the end of Rudy's contract okay we're not saying that so but we already know it's established that the fit could be wonky and it may not work you can you can you can make it right now that it's leading to not working that's fair but the thing is just like people want to run them out of town and say, let's just make the trade now. We have that, and we knew that we have that in our back pocket. 
So if you want to move it to your front pocket, okay. But don't put your fucking hand in the pocket just yet, okay? Your keys are in your right pocket, not your left. Keep it. We already know it, just like we don't know, you know. That's the thing that I, it drives me crazy. you got to look at the whole picture, and a lot of people want to play GM, but they want to turn off the game because the franchise season's not too good. Let's just restart this whole thing. That's not fucking how the real world works. And we're not up here trying to act like we could be GMs, but that's just factual, dude, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll, you know, we're shutting it down. We're shutting her down for the season. Um, we do want to, you know, thank everybody through, you know, it's been a lot. I mean, we've been doing that since early September for the Vikes. Um, all the way through, we definitely appreciate everybody. Um, any last words there, Aaron, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting season, both Vikings and Timberwolves. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I wish the Timberwolves season could end it on a, on a much uh, brighter note, but... Um, you know, I guess I, you know, it's funny. We do these podcasts every, every week and it's like, okay, well, I have to do the podcast, blah, blah, But then I don't do them and, and I want to say things and I don't have nowhere <laughs> to say it. So I knew you were kinda, going there. I'm yeah. the same way, man. Yeah, like, and I well, can't put it all into one tweet, you know? Right, right. And it's like, you know, some things will happen. So obviously you'll hear from us if, if Vikings make a big trade or the Timberwolves make a big trade or some. Some news goes down, um, but yeah, it's been a fun season on both ends, and uh, you know I'm excited for for next year. Uh, but yeah, um, you know I just want to see this team reach its potential and by this team, both teams actually. Yes. But I mean Timberwolves, I I want to see them. You know, I, my biggest regret, Chris, would be wasted talent. I don't want to see Edwards' career end up in some you know messed up thing and have to carry that you know around yeah. as Wolves fans. You know, that's just something we don't need. We need to see him reach his potential. And I think we're heading there. It could get, it's a little muddy right now, but like you said, I think it'll work itself out. Yeah. And uh, there are people that think he won't sign the extension. Okay. Once again, KG21 Carlito at Hotmail, uh, Twitter. You can just find me. I'll, I'll place a bet with that. Um, because it, oh. it's, I mean, we can, we're the only ones that can offer him an extra year and, and more per year. And <laughs> that's a lot of fucking money that no one has turned down yet. And, it, and, and in this day and age, you can sign it, and two years later, you can ask for a trade. You know, that's what his agent's going to tell him. I'm not saying that he wants to be traded. I'm saying that's the reality of it. So, yeah, he's going he's gonna to cash the fuck in right now. Why wouldn't he? And that's why you're right as far as, like, the playoffs were incomplete as far as taking it all in, but not for Ant, which is something you also said, too. It's like we – I mean, that's why I'm so happy we did get to the playoffs again because these are the things – and Fitch said that it sucks for young players like Nas and McDaniels to not be in there because this is where you really find out about a player and about a team and then you go for the offseason with that. So, um, And real quick, what you said about closing quarters, I'm so glad you said that, Aaron, because how many fucking times with 2.32 left, boom. You know, we, oh, it's a oh, tight game again. We just had a nine-point lead. Why the fuck did we close that one? You know? yeah, I'm so glad you said that. That's part of, you know, gelling as a team and all that, but it's also, you know, hey, dude, we can't lose this last two minutes. Can you just break even? We got a nine-point lead right now, you know. Um, 
So yeah, the runs, runs are going to happen. It's bat, it's basketball, but you know, we uh, we can't, we can't just keep giving up shit. All righty. Um, hey, are you gonna? Um, did you, you got any draft stuff coming out tomorrow? Or whatever, or something you gonna post or anything that we gotta know about? I'll do a post draft show. I've been kind of keeping a out of corner of my eye view on it. Uh, hasn't been a lot of news besides the first round pick, but we'll do a little post draft show probably tomorrow night. Most likely be up Monday. Um, probably just thirty minutes or something, just kind of overview it. Again, I'm glad you brought up the Twitter thing. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Ancient Antics. I have seven followers, so yeah, I could use a few more followers so I'm not just tweeting into the wind. Other than that, uh, find the show anywhere you find your podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. Uh, Ropa Dope Radio is a great place for a lot of shows. I know Chris will still be pumping out podcasts throughout the whole summer, um, fights and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great year, and we're looking forward to next year. All right, take it easy. Have a good week and peace.